The Jersey Devil is fake. Shanna Hayden, The Wellhouse Exorcism. <laughs> Nothing? Nothing? It's a good quote. Welcome back to the Wellhouse Exorcism. This is your ghost of host of the most, Shanna. Wow. <laughs> wow. It's a quote. Wow. It's beautiful. I'm very proud of it. I never said it was real. I just said I, if there was one that I would believe in, like, that's the one. I'm just saying that it's fake. I'm not saying you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> A man taxidermied a goat and put some bat wings on it, <laughs> threw it in the air, and took a photograph. <laughs> in any case, welcome back. This is my rebuttal episode, also our anniversary episode. If PJ had been a good boy, he would have gotten two episodes. One as a gift for me, and one was for Father's Day. But he ended on a cliffhanger, and so I took away the ability for him to be in control ever again of my podcast. It's probably best for our listeners that way. <laughs> um, but Tim I th- was very nice and said I had a good episode. Aw, thanks, Tim, for lying to our husband. No. I do had- want to say to our fans, though, it pays to email us. It does. Because we got to meet Tim in person, mm-hmm. and we Zoomed for an hour and a half with another fan who with emailed Jackie. in Jackie. And that's so. going to turn, parts of it are going to turn into an episode. Yeah. we got to cut and paste some stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it pays to email. At gamesoboard at gmail.com. Yeah. Or find us on Facebook because I answer the Facebook messages like that. Yep. Or me. You, sometimes we tag who's responding to your messages. Sometimes, sometimes not. <laughs> Once you get used to our talk, you know who's talking. Yeah. Um, but as an anniversary present to you, I thought we could start off with the heck with heck town spinning wheel oh boy all right all right i did not get rid of the spinning wheel so i thought we could start you off you said you weren't gonna nope so go ahead and spin you got to click on the spinny I, wheel i'm clicking there it goes Bring. you can hear it now all teachers know that sound the church Oh, wait, wait, oh, the church. It is. It has like right Ooh, on the man, line there. That was a close one. That's how Tim won, actually, our giveaway. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So back to our Helltown episode. All right. So this is the heck with heck and heck and heck Helltown. A couple times I said that because I could. Anyway, so <laughs> the church, the, the legend is local churches are used as cover for evil cults. A group of devil worshippers owns the church. That's a quote. It's in quotation marks. Oh. Okay. Hence the accent. Of course. Another legend. There is an evil man who lives in the basement and guards the church against outsiders. He refuses to let people see his face and hides if you try to look at him. I'd like to know why. Anyway, another quote. Maybe he doesn't like the way his face looks. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> a little poor scrapper. <laughs> anyway, another quote. I don't have a face on yet. <laughs> Uh, face off no there are always candles burning in the church even at night see that one's easy to check and see if it's real I'm just saying another one the church has upst- upside down crosses all over it like the outside yeah oh. and then the church is never open for mass no matter what time you go there 
if the town is shut down, that's probably... I know, right? <laughs> hmm. So those are the legends. Now, here is the truth. You ready? So I'm ready. reading this word for word from AmericanHauntingsInc.com. There are, in fact, two churches that these legends refer to, Boston Community and Mother of Sorrows. Of the two, Boston Community Church is the one that is more often the focus of the legends, particularly the ones involving the man in the basement. <sighs> the basement of Boston Community Church houses nothing more than classrooms and offices. So chances are, if an angry man was spotted in the basement, it was simply a church worker, understandably angered at having strangers peering at him. And as far as him jumping out of the way when being spotted, ask yourself this question. You're working at the office late at night and you hear a noise. You look up and see a group of faces staring through the window at you. Wouldn't you jump? <laughs> Honestly, I just mean, I'm like, seriously, go away. I wouldn't even be scared anymore. Dang I'm like, kids. Get off my lawn. Get off the church's community property lawn. There it is. Sorry. Well, that's more of a mouthful. It was. I ran out of a, ran out of it. Like oxygen talking with that. Yeah. Anyway. Air. The word is air. <coughs> oxygen. <laughs> the reference to seeing lit candles inside the church at night may indeed be true. Many religious centers allow members of their congregation to light candles in memory of departed loved ones. These candles are often permitted to continue burning even after the ceremony, which is true with mm -hmm. the Catholic Church. Yep. Uh, Mother of Sorrows is the church alleged to have, quote, upside down crosses hanging from it. But these crosses are nothing more than the design elements in the church's gingerbread trim, which occurs quite frequently in the Gothic Revival style of architecture. Hmm. So there you go. For the record, it says both churches are listed in local directories. You can see the listing for Boston Community Church by clicking here, which I'm not going to do. In addition, you can see a photo of Mother of Sorrow Church by visiting Explore Peninsula, uh, Peninsula and taking their virtual tour. The link entitled Main Street South is where you will find the photo of the church, complete with a large right-side-up cross atop its bell tower. So, there you go. All right. Do you want to do one more? Yeah, let's do one more. Let's do it again. Now, make sure you click on this video thing. I'm going to turn this on to be on ladder so we can hear that. Oh, yeah. It sounds so fancy. But did you like my quote? I did. I wrote it just for you. Why, thank you. Ooh. The house in the woods. You get claps, too. So congratulations. They're clapping <laughs> for you. All right. So the house in the woods. Actually, I... You know, this one, I think, if any of them, kind of creeps me out. Cool. So, the legend. There is an abandoned house in the woods where one light always appears in the upstairs window. Mm. The truth. Believe it or not, there is a house in Boston Township where a light stays on all night. It's a local hostel, a lodging house for young travelers. The light stays on since it functions as a boarding house that accepts guests 24 hours a day. Saying the house is in the woods is debatable. For while it does sit a bit off the road, there are several signs alerting you to the fact that you are approaching the hostel and what was even placed at the end of their driveway. It seems around the time of these signs being put in place, the story of the light in the upstairs window shifted away from the hostel to the infamous school bus house. See, it's scary to me because it's a hostel. <laughs> of course. Yeah, none of these are scary. <laughs> no. Sorry, I was no, picking on you. There's nothing scary about um, this place. I think, like, the, the only ones that I would find, like, interesting would be the children of the corn and the animal mutilations which you have not clicked on for the spinny wheel of spinniness yet yeah so nothing really too scary all right so what i want to do um is go back to your jersey jevil episode puckwa pj because you told me i couldn't be shawnee shanna on here 
Yeah, we did figure something out, didn't we? Yes, we as in me. But I was there for it. Yes, you were. <laughs> um, I did the research. And so the Shawnee actually have a connection to these woods. So I could have been a Shawnee Shanna if I wanted to be. Yep. Um, so the reason why this episode is posting on the evening of the 26th instead of our usual Sunday is because we decided as part of, uh, well, a weekend excursion, uh, because we had a, a party to go to and just part of interest, we went to the Pinelands in New Jersey. My cousin, Sam, is getting married in a year and I was asked to be a bridesmaid. So she invited us down to New Jersey to Lake Lenape. Eh, yeah, eh, yeah. Um, for her like engagement party, and I'm like, while we're there, we're gonna find the Jersey Devil. Oh yeah, and we actually interviewed local pineys, which is the word used for who live in the Pine Barren slash the Pinelands. Yep. So we did a lot of research, took lots of pictures. I took pictures of the woods, so maybe you'll find a Jersey Devil in there. I don't know. We'll find out. All I can say is there was no Jersey Devil <laughs> at all on our trip. Um, but I did a background because you finished the last episode in a cliffhanger, which is what caused you to lose the ability to ever be in charge of Wellhouse again. Just wait. I don't do cliffhangers. So just wait. Yep. Oh, heck no. No, <laughs> I end all my own. No, I got a whole script. You you are not. <laughs> Get away. Um, so you ended with a quote from the uh, Lenny Lenape calling the Pine Barrens uh, the place of the dragon, right? Yes. Okay. And so I actually asked the the Pineys about that. And they said, yeah, they call it that, but it's really just because it looks like a dragon went through and like blew a fire on it. They, they, they had a couple of reasons. And the Pines like look horrifying there, but they don't believe in the Jersey Devil. Not all of them. Not all of them. It was yes. like a good 50-50 split. They hope there's one because it makes it cool. Yeah, but... some of them were like, it's a really interesting story. And I'm like, that's it. That's my thing, too. It's an interesting <laughs> story. We talked to an actual descendant of that's the That's just that's part of my script. You're giving me all the fun stuff at the beginning of the episode. <sighs> You're not in control. Look at me. Look at me. I am the captain again. All right. <laughs> anyway, so I want to go back to your Native American conversation. So first off, the Shawnee and the Lenny Lenape. Um, they both have their background in the missing Y. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. It looks like the word missing minus an S, which is kind of funny, but it ends with a Y at the end. So missing Y. I think that's how it's pronounced. Uh, yeah. When I asked Google, it told me I was typing it wrong and it's it's spelled missing and they pronounced it missing. <laughs> so thanks, so Google. Helpful, yeah. Google is not a Native American. So I should have asked while I was down there, but I just forgot. So the Shawnee um, have their own stories of the missing Y as do the Lenny and Lape. So I actually went on to two different organizational websites where they actually have the stories of their ancestors. So in the bigorin.org archive, I got a story from the Shawnee. So I just want to read it because for me, it's just easier because it kind of tells the background. And I think you'll find it fascinating because the Misingwa and the, the tradition of these two Native American tribes is not anything like the Jersey Devil. I, it's a different cryptid. Another creature in Shawnee tradition is the Misingwa. The spirit lives in the forest and protects the animals around it. Some northern tribes claim the spirit is what people call Bigfoot. The Misingwa watches all hunters, and if they are disrespectful or wasteful, he will cause them to have an accident as punishment. Oh, my. Oh, yeah. Oopsie. <laughs> <laughs> During the bread dance, the Shawnee have a man who dresses in a suit of bearskin, wearing a wooden mask, and carrying a cane and turtle shell rattle to impersonate Misingwa. 
This impersonator will seek out children who are disruptive and frighten them, hence teaching them a valuable lesson. Misingwa carvings were found on poles in the village's plazas, in council houses, and carved into pipes until the 19th century. Huh. And so... When I did more research about your Lenny Lenape, um, par- the settlers were kind of afraid of the Pine Barrens because they also did a tribal dance where they, you know, did a dance for the Misingwa, and they also wore the mask and all that kind of stuff. And so the, you have this kind of like folklore legend build out, and then, of course, Jersey Devil, right, yeah. the whole thing. But they kind of go back to the Lenny Lenape and that dance. And again, the Shawnee and Lenny Lenape are very close in terms of their background. So in the Lenny Lenape... Their spelling and pronunciation is even crazier than the Misingwa. So I apologize in advance because <laughs> Google could not help me. <laughs> so I'm going to pronounce it very slowly when I get to it because I don't want to be disrespectful. But I I tried. I tried looking up uh, the pronunciation and I kind of just gave up. So their story is the masked being. And so there's a longer story. I cut it a little short, and then I went into, like, where it kind of resides and, like, how they look at this in the religion. So it's called The Masked Being. So very similar to the Shawnee. Okay. So long ago, there were three boys who were not treated very well. In fact, their parents did not seem to care where they, they lived or died. One day, they were out in the forest thinking about their troubles when they saw a strange-looking hairy person with a large face painted half black and half red. The person said, I am Missing Kalakan. I have taken pity on you, and I will give you strength so that nothing can ever hurt you again. Come with me, and I shall show you my country. He took the boys into the sky to the place where he came from. It was a great range of mountains up in the sky reaching from north to south. While he was showing the boys his country, he promised that they would become stout and strong and should gain the power to get anything they wished. Then he brought the boys back to the earth again. In later years, when the boys had grown up and were hunting, they used to see Missing Kalakan occasionally riding on a buck, herding the deer together, and giving his peculiar call, Oh, oh, oh! And so it was there that there were three men in the tribe who knew that Messing Kalakan existed because they had seen him with their own eyes. So, again, interesting. Hairy man, very Bigfoot-esque, has a funky mask face, half red, half black. So, to me, I kind of see that connection. You kind of go from Bigfoot to now we almost have a devil, right? Because red and black are usually symbolic of Satan or of the devil itself. And he hangs out in the country. But you see this thing taken care of, once again, nature. And in the Shawnee religion, the Misingwa takes care of nature. And if you abuse it, well, he makes you have an accident, (laughs) whatever that means. (laughs) Um, so I, I kind of found that to be just kind of, you know, comparative and him having a peculiar call. Oh, 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 I think it's Santa. Um, but again, it's just in quotes, ho, ho, ho. So he could be going, oh, 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 I don't know. There's no accent mark. Um, but then they have a little bit more on, uh, what the, Mi- the Missy Calicon is and, um, what they do with him. So it says, Missing Calicon gave the big house to our Lenape's walk to keep all land and all life in balance and harmony on the Mother Earth. Missing, as we call him for short, which is much easier than Missing Wa. Yeah, right. Missing is that being which is so well known to everyone today as Bigfoot or Sasquatch. Many people have seen him, many are trying to study and capture him, but none have really listened to or believed we native people when we have talked about him. Twilanape, he is a spirit being, guardian of the forest and keeper of the game animals. We give tobacco offerings to Misink before going into the woods, before hunting, or to give thanks for his work in nature and for giving us the meat that we eat, which keeps us from hunger. 
So that's probably why you can't find a dead Bigfoot anywhere, because he's a spirit being. Hmm. Mind blown. So wherever Kyle is, Kyle, Kyle, if you're listening right now, <laughs> we need to add that on to our Sasquatch uh, Bigfoot conversation. <laughs> but again, so we, you know, it's not the Jersey Devil, it's actually Bigfoot. So Bigfoot is in the Pinelands, not the Jersey Devil. Interesting. Yes. They also say uh, Miss Sink is unusual and that he often takes on physical form as a great hulking, hairy, ape-like giant. He travels between his world and the sky just above this earth and the earth. He can leave tracks, which often end suddenly, with Miss Sink nowhere to be found. One place he is frequently seen is where a lot of logging has taken place and where housing development takes place in wilderness areas. He is often seen near creeks and swamps where he is often seen to vanish as water is a portal where he passes between his world and ours. Masink often comes as a warning to human beings that we are not living in harmony and balance with our fellow creatures and with Mother Earth. And that's taken from the grandfather's speak, um, which I got offline. <clears throat> so an actual book. So if you see Bigfoot, that's a bad thing because that means that you are abusing nature. Yeah. And we've been now to the Pine Barren slash Pinelands, and um, there's a lot of water there because New Jersey is just <laughs> an oceanfront mess. Yep. So, of course, he'd be there. And if you think back to our discussion of the Bridgewater Triangle with Bigfoot, it's a swamp, right? So if in their religion – again, I love going back to Native American religion because I'm a religious person. If water is the portal for this thing to go to his sky world – well, then that makes sense as to why you see tracks and they're gone. Or you see Bigfoot, then you don't see him. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying Bigfoot's real. All right. I will not <laughs> give you that. I I have a hard time believing that. Yeah. I just I, I just love Native American belief, you know, because of my, my family uh, history. I don't want to believe in cryptids, but I also agree that we don't know much about our actual world. And missing 411 was pretty cool. Yeah. All right. And that screaming creepy sound is similar to how the Jersey Devil discussion can be described as well. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. So let's go back to the Pinelands. All right. I see you looking on your phone. Are you trying to pull up some kind of information for me? Um, For the podcast, but not for you. Okay. Well, are you ready? Because you may borrow time if you'd like to. Because <laughs> I'm just going to discuss the Pine Barrens slash Pinelands really fast. And then different parts of it and why we think it's creepy and haunted. Uh, I had a retort for Kyle. Oh, do you want to do Kyle's creepy thought then? All right, here we go. Kyle's creepy thought. I think one of the people. I thought it would be a good idea if we turned Shannon. The the girl. I thought it would be. be a good idea if we. I thought. I thought it would be a good idea. I thought. I thought it would be a good idea. Good idea. Good idea. Shannon, the the girl from Ringu. This is bad. This is really bad. It's Amuija. It's been a while. I love how Jackie quoted that. Yeah. <laughs> so we just. It's been a while it since has we've been had a while. that song. Yes. So Kyle sent a creepy thought about the Jersey Devil because uh, during was it during the Bridgewater Triangle? He said that he doesn't believe the Jersey Devil's real. That's yeah, like the one because we won't were going to have him over for this That's right. for that episode, but it kind of happens for the moment. Well, it is. It's just been it's been a, a mess in our family again. <laughs> yeah. It's twenty twenty three. Um, so he told us that this is the one cryptid he does not believe in at all. So yeah, let us you go ahead and read what he says he thinks it is. All right. So, uh, it, it's a couple different things. We had a back and forth conversation. Yeah. So he said, uh, it might be too late, but I did have a creepy thought about, or an uncreepy thought about the <laughs> Jersey devil. 
I think it started as a legend to keep people out of the Barrens, but then was bolstered by misidentification of an escaped shoebill stork. It fits the description, and they make weird noises. Huge birds. The shoebill looks somewhat like a horse muzzle. And, uh... If you've ever seen a shoe bill before, if you're hideous, yeah, if you haven't, don't look up pictures, look up a video of this thing walking around. Because if you've ever get like second guessed whether or not dinosaurs maybe came from birds (laughs) or or the other way around that birds maybe came from dinosaurs, like this really shows like what the heck a dinosaur might have actually looked like walking around. These things are crazy looking. I feel like God went, mm, not today. And he like just made this thing and it looks hideous. He's so yeah. bad for it. Uh, I think they're so cool looking. Like they are ugly. Oh, they but, are. Yeah, they're, yeah, I'm sorry. But they're so cool looking. They're not cool. So they grow up to five feet tall. Good Lord. Yeah. And so they're uh, big, ugly monsters. Got it. Okay. Yeah, like here are the pictures. Oh, I know. The pictures us. are hideous. I know. But seeing them walking around is a whole different story compared to the pictures. They don't do it justice. Uh, then he said, he, he said, yeah, they're not native. But there are enough zoos and private wild animal enthusiasts in the area that it wouldn't surprise me if one or more got out and made their way to what would be a natural habitat. If you saw that in the Pine Barrens, with its intense stare, height, and strange appearance, you might think you saw the Jersey Devil. And this is where I debunk him, because we were yes. talking just today for our anniversary dinner. Um, and I you know, I said, because I'm a loser who knows random facts. Like, again, call on me for Jeopardy or who wants to be a millionaire. Because you said, when was the first zoo created in America? And I said, I don't know about the first zoo, but I know the first one in Pennsylvania was the Philadelphia Zoo. And it actually was delayed in construction because of the Civil War, because obviously we did a whole thing on Gettysburg. Like, we got mm-hmm. ripped up here pretty bad. Um, so it didn't open until the 1870s, 1874, actually. And then we did some research over our anniversary dinner. <laughs> <laughs> and it's uh, Philadelphia Zoo was the first official zoo here in America. Yeah. So... Napoleon Bonaparte's brother saw it, if we go back to your timeline, in the early 1800s. Yeah. So it couldn't be a shoe bill because it's not native and wouldn't have been here. Right. Sorry, Kyle. And still, like, it still looks like a bird. You know, it it doesn't have hooves for feet. Um, It doesn't have the front legs that everyone saw, the little T-Rex arms. Yeah. it doesn't have leathery wings. No. So it is ugly though. It's got a leathery face. It is, yeah, its face <laughs> is all kinds of messed up. So it's when you say she has a horse face and it's okay because like <laughs> I think a horse face would be an improvement. No. <laughs> Poor shoe bill. No, I don't. It. it I couldn't take uh, care of one of those. No, though. I couldn't either. But I would definitely pay to see one at a zoo. Sight they're up like tarantulas for me. No, thank you. No, thank you. Like, it looks like a raptor. Well, it probably is a raptor, but um, in terms of, like... Yeah. You know, raptor. You see an ostrich walk around, it also, you tell, like, they can't, like, that's, a, like, a velociraptor. They well, that's like why it. emus are in... Because, uh, for our listeners, not far from us is a place called Reptile Land. Ugh. And they have emus there. Mm-hmm. Because Jurassic Park used emus as the models for Gallimimus during the chase scene. So Gallimimus. Yeah. I mean the T-Rex. When the T-Rex was chasing the bird-like ostrich dinos, those little dinos are called Gallimimus. Oh, okay. Yeah. Thank you. Dinosaur loser. <laughs> Nerd alert. There's one other one. You're welcome, world. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, there's devil's fake. And but... then at the beginning, that 
uh, I never realized when I was a kid, because I was a little kid and I was looking at, like, the long neck brachiosauruses, is that underneath them, like, walking around are um, the Parasaurolophuses, as they're called, with the, those are the duck bills. I love those. And that they're the ones where Sam Neill's like, they travel in herds. <laughs> Maybe the shoe fill comes from the Parasaurolophus. Maybe that's how its face got so messed up. Like... <laughs> Uh, oh no anyway so let's go back to the pinelands because we use those words interchangeably oh, we don't for... want to talk about dinos some more no so <laughs> pine barrens right um p- the terms pine barrens and pinelands actually are used interchangeably in new jersey uh but there's there's like a specific like you know some of it is protected versus some of just like the yeah. area so uh, when it comes to pineys they kind of use the terms interchangeably so we were in the pine lands which also was the pine barrens we were not at the Leeds house which is part of the pine barrens but it gets confusing yeah that was like a mile north of where we yeah. were so I'm, I'm not a mile an hour north <laughs> of where we were but the pine barrens and the pine lands so again i'll use either term interchangeably here um they're unique in terms of their ecology uh, which is why they are being protected. Because as my Aunt Irene said at the party, you know, um, the Lenny Lenape loved the area and they called it clear water because when you could drill down far enough, you would get clear water versus the salty water because you're right there on the <laughs> coast and the ground is so sandy. Um, so again, like talking to the locals was lots of fun. We learned a lot of information. But I went on to Insider and I got a cool background on what uh, the ecology is and what it looks like just to put in perspective why people would think that the Pine Barrens is haunted and has a Jersey Devil. Mm-hmm. So it says, the unique ecology of the Pine Barrens can sometimes give the habitat an otherworldly feel. Streams and ponds take on a rust color because of the iron naturally occurring in the earth. It is the reason that so many iron furnaces were originally built in this area. Hmm. Most ghost towns are found deep in the forest along paths of sugar sand, superfine sand that is slippery and primed to become quicksand. Many of the ghost towns were former communities based around iron-producing mills, most of which disappeared overnight once it became more profitable to mine ore in Pennsylvania. So yep. we're the reason that ghost towns exist in New Jersey. Oops. But it is true. If you go into the the Pinelands, I remember this because of where my grandmother lived and then my uncle David had bought her house. Um, there were creeks that ran along that mm-hmm. area and they were creepy, like colored because of that rust that just kind of comes out of the ground. Now added to that are the pitch pines. Not much can grow in a very iron water, creepy looking area with sand basically as your main ground cover, you know. So pitch pines, the tree from which the pine barrens take its name, are short, ragged conifers that grow on the region's acidic soil. The area is stereotyped as a backwater, even though it has a rich rich history and ecological diversity. So you look at these pines and these like scraggly things that stick about the ground, almost like zombies (laughs) are like crawling out. And so you can understand like, oh, it's haunted there. It, it, It looks creepy. Even just like driving through those woods... It's a weird feeling you it get is, yeah. going through them. And a lot like Lauren Ray's woods that they have next to their house. Like, it's this oppressive feeling. Well, and it's oppressive because it's so humid, too, because there's so much water well, yeah, and there's, yeah, there's the there's ocean that. water, you know. Because I was thinking about this. It ta- it can take me three plus hours to drive out to Pittsburgh for my job at University of Pitt, right? 
Oh, easy. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely more than three hours. It takes us only three hours to get <laughs> to the Pine Barrens. New Jersey is so small, and so because mm-hmm. there's and it's just this itty bitty like you know arm that comes off of, of Pennsylvania, and then you're at the ocean, and so so much of it is just sand because of course they get hit with all the tropical storms, sand yeah. gets washed in, so it's no surprise that people it, it feels humid all the time, and people feel like they're oppressed in the woods because it is it's really sticky and yep. gross. Yep. Uh, but anyway, so I, th- I mentioned the Pineys, which is kind of fun to say. Residents of the Pine Barrens were deemed outcasts and criminals in the 18th and 19th centuries, especially after the publication of a bogus eugenic study, which I'll mention later, hmm. published in the early 20th century. The negative perceptions and mischaracterizations of locals have contributed to the eerie mystique of the region, and the frightening reputation has made the stories of beings like the Jersey Devil more believable. So uh, th- there is no weird like inferiority eugenics thing out there no all right surprise (laughs) i'm related to some so i'm a little concerned i'm kidding (laughs) um no but you know when you have these ghost towns and you have a couple people who are still living there they look they're looked as outcasts because they're out in the middle of nowhere Mm -hmm. i would argue that it's prettier to live in the pinelands than to live along you know atlantic city because you have this tourist trap versus country which is nice i prefer country myself so and now, of course, my family lives there as well. But, you know, I like it in in a little bit inland, you know. Uh, but anyway, there's also additionally the blue hole out there. Now, when I asked my family about that, no one knew what I was talking about until I described <laughs> it. And then my uncle Don's like, oh, yeah, it's that. And he, like, named something else. And Irene's was like, mm. oh, okay. I'm like, well, they all called the blue hole online. So locals are like, it's just <laughs> an area where you can go to some old quarry. Like, there is nothing special special about it yeah <clears throat> but online they ha- make a thing about it so it says here the blue hole in addition to reportedly being a favorite spot of the jersey devil is said to be bottomless and occasionally will drag unsuspecting bathers into its depths the area was once accessible by a bridge that was washed away in the 1960s which is true hmm. combined with the stories of beasts and drowned swimmers few people travel to the blue hole for fear of what might be found there so while people might think the Jersey Devil is dragging them down deep into the ocean, it's just a blue hole. It is a quarry hole. The water is crystal clear and it's very blue. It's very beautiful. The thing is, you have these underground currents that come from deep like mm-hmm. wells of water, which can pull you down. Yep. <laughs> and I already mentioned the sugar sand. It's very fine sand because, again, it's blowing in from the ocean. And it's coming in with all the rain, all the gusts. You have this very, very fine sand. Well, you get that wet, down you go. It's quicksand. So they really think that it's sugar sand as the culprit. And even my uncle said, like, I wouldn't walk out there. It's not safe. The bridge is gone. Yeah. So when you got a piney saying that, maybe you shouldn't go out there. <laughs> and he said a lot of times people complain because when they go for, like, you know, nice long treks in the woods, they get stuck in, like, these areas. Well, it's quicksand. Yeah. So there could be a Pukwa PJ out there going, <laughs> not a Pukwa G. You're in. Yep. Okay, we're gonna put some uh, gonna some dirt on one. you. <laughs> we're gonna find. We're gonna cover you in dirt and put you out in a little stump. I'm just gonna sit there going, care, care, care. You watch you <laughs> until eventually one will show up. I should have taken a picture of that man. That could have been great for our Facebook page. <laughs> <laughs> Next time. Next time. All right. So weird. New Jersey also has stuff about the Jersey Devil, of course. Which I know you had quoted a little bit from Weird New Jersey last time, correct? A little bit. Yeah. yeah. Most of mine came from like. NewJersey.gov and Atlantic County, I think, was the other one. Well, I went to them just for the blue hole. 
because okay. I didn't want to spend too much time on the Jersey Devil because I'm proving he's wrong. Okay. So the blue hole is important because it's supposed to be where the Jersey Devil stops to get some water, I assume. And I assume he's obviously from Georgia. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> now we were here. Uh, it's one of the most storied sites in all of southern New Jersey is a mysterious body of water known as the Blue Hole. Located deep in the Pine Barrens of Winslow, on the border of Camden and Gloucester counties, this small but legendary pool is said to not only be bottomless, but also a frequent pit stop of the Jersey Devil. Now we were there. And that's why my uncle's like, oh, it's over to between those two places. Yeah, and we're, we're like in Glou- Gloucester County, and we're like, can we go? there <laughs> <laughs> and he's like no no you don't want to go there <laughs> and i knew that we couldn't because either there was no bridge so you can't even drive there you'd have to walk yeah. through the woods and we have three children so and it was super hot and muggy yeah so, no thank you yeah plus it took quote sam yesterday you know louisiana's got bugs but new jersey's got bugs it's just their mosquitoes are disgusting so anyway so though it's icy blue tinged water might seem inviting especially on a hot summer day like yesterday locals warn their children to stay away from the blue hole and to never go swimming there and it's you know they i think what happened is they said well you'll get pulled down by the jersey devil which is to scare kids away from being there but the truth is the water is super cold mm-hmm. and there are currents in there so it says the surface of the blue hole is as still as glass and a thermometer that we, they had brought because people were talking about how they actually went there to measure its temperature read a chilly 50 degrees fahrenheit wow yeah so when it comes to, you know, someone going in that water, imagine how quickly you're going to get ice cold and then, like, boom, you're going to sink, yeah. you know? And, of course, you have the underwater currents that can drag you down. Then you got the uh, sugar sand, too. So it is beautiful. It is approximately 130 feet across. So it's, it's huge. It's perfectly round, steep banks. Um, waters are always cold, like I said. So, But it is beautiful. Because pretty much every other area in the Pine Barrens, the water tends to be like this tea color because of the rust. So this water is, like, beautiful, which is why the Jersey Devil goes there to get a sip of sip, you know what I'm saying? Some fresh, clear water. Uh, But anyway. Nice cold water, too. (laughs) None of that lukewarm garbage. No. Now, there are several theories as to how the Blue Hole came to be. Um, So it says some say that it is the result of a meteorite striking the Earth. Others claim that it's what geologists call a bingo. A pingo, if you're wondering, is a small water, body of water, which is a result of an ice mass which forms beneath permanently frozen soil due to an ice age. Hmm. I had to look that up, taught myself. Um, the ice mass expands for thousands of years, then breaks through the permafrost to create a depression rim by a hill. Of course, it looks like a pool once the ice melts. Uh, sounds like it fits, yeah. No, it, it's a quarry water hole. So <laughs> you have all these great theories, but there was a quarry back there. So, well, if it's sorry, <laughs> yeah, um, but you know, the fabled whirlpools that exact are actually the locals, the, the pineys call them the whirly pools, of course. <laughs> no joke, it's in here quoted. Um, they think it's because there is, um, the blue hole is fed by groundwater, a nearby stream, which would, of course, make that kind of spinny current, current yeah. So, but in any case, that is from uh, I took stuff there from Weird New Jersey and a little bit from onlyinyourstate.com. Hmm. Because for me, I got to like, you know, do both. Go look at both things here. Yep. So, in any case, um I want to go on to the things that make the Pine Barrens creepy. And it's not just my family. Hopefully they're listening so I make fun of them. Sam's the scariest thing in those woods. I love you, Sam. Um, there are a lot of like crazy ghost stories and urban legends. So not only do we got Bigfoot out there, which people have misnamed the Jersey devil, 
We got Missingwa out there, all right? According to the Native Americans, who came well before us, PJ. Okay. <laughs> Jersey Devil's fake. My goodness. <laughs> I want to go back to that eugenics study. Okay. Let's all right. Hear it. Yeah. Because I'm a little offended because my family lives out there. Now, to understand why they would do the study, you got to discuss who the Pineys are. There are a lot of theories as to who the Pineys are. You got people who are living out there making little towns. There are stories of people going there to hide because they didn't want to fight in yeah, draft armies. Dar- yeah. Draft dodgers. Draft dodgers for us later because your parents told you guys as kids that. was about something that. my parents said. Yeah. yeah. But before that, it was stories who didn't want to be in the Continental Army, didn't want to be okay. in the Civil War. Um, they were also people who were hiding. And I mentioned the tax collectors last episode, right? So you had people who were hiding out there. Because mm-hmm. they don't be found. The truth is, people are just living out there because they're mining, you know, iron. Um, but in any case, it, there was enough background of these people hiding that they thought they should do a eugenics study. Now, according to Wikipedia, because I figured why not, uh, it's called the Kalakak study. Okay. Again, I'm. Uh, there's reasonings why, but the Kalakak word, very similar to the last half of the missing wa name for the Lenny Lenape, because the Kalakan, right, if I'm pronouncing it correctly. Mm-hmm. So uh, to quote uh, Wikipedia, it says, The Pine Barrens were home to many rural backwoods families. For years, residents of the rural area were called Pineys by outsiders as a derogatory term. Today, many Pinelands residents are proud of both the name and the land on which they live. <laughs> Ask my, my uncle and aunt. Oh, yeah, we're proud to be. In the early 20th century, a family identified in a case study became the pseudonym, uh, by the pseudonym, the Calicacs, were presented as an example of genetic inferior- inferiority by eugenicists. Today, scholars understand that the facts in the Calicac study were misrepresented, including photographs altered to make the family members appear more backward. Um, so, I, again, you, you look at this, I, it reminds me so much of the studies, and I put those in air quotes, of the Jews during, you know, World yeah, Nazi right. Germany, and how there was the whole eugenics thing there as well. Um, so, my Pineys family... Um, would be. I've actually had mentioned the, 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 the eugenic study in passing when we were talking at the table. Um, so I actually put in my family connection here. So it's my uncle, aunt, and cousins are pineys, as you know, and they're proud of it. They said that to be a piney is basically to be a redneck. So yep. you're, the red- yep. <laughs> you're the rednecks of New Jersey, which is funny because they're not rednecks at all. No. <laughs> they're not driving. No, they so aren't. their version of a redneck versus Pennsylvania rural redneck, very different, but whatever. I mean, guess when, I guess when you compare people who like enjoy living in the country versus people who are living in town and like beachfront, beachfront I guess it's there. It's very different. So townies yeah. versus country people. But anyway, they lived in the Pinelands their entire lives. However, they are not backwoods, nor is their eugenics problem, as I mentioned. Furthermore, when asked if there is Jersey Devil, they said absolutely not. They said big fat no, they don't believe in him. They said there are a lot of animals in the Pinelands, including coyotes that come right up to their back doors, pretty much. And they do make screaming sounds. So they think that maybe that um, adds the idea, along with parents saying, like, don't go out there, you're going to get yeah. hurt, you know, or the devil's going to get you. A lot of these times we people say those phrases and then you start believing it and mm-hmm. it kind of takes on a whole, like, you know, urban legend. The coyotes answer. have such a distinctive sound. And so that's why I pulled up um, this. I wanted to play an audio of coyotes here okay. because, again, this isn't like what we when you discuss, you know, what the Jersey Devil is supposed to sound like, this isn't what I imagined in my head. But oh, here we go. Plug in. I'm just going to play it right here. So 
There's a distinctive dog sound to it. Yeah. You know? Now there... Yeah. (laughs) There it is. So they do like... They do um, yips together and that kind of stuff. But when you were describing... It's very obviously dog. Yeah. Like any colonial, you know, person... Uh, I want a coyote. They they would know that sound and be like, it's, it's dog. Yeah. <laughs> of some kind. Now, they do scream, too. Yeah. They can scream. And so I wonder if, like, um, coyotes screaming when they get in a fight, if that could be that, like, connection to a Jersey devil out in the middle of nowhere. But, again, the only devil that the Native Americans talked about was Bigfoot. So, sorry. Yeah, but they did have um, some, like, one thing I read was that uh, one of the spirits of the forest that they believe in is a winged deer. And then Quakers or, you know, whoever colonialists um, uh, heard that and kind of appropriated it and changed it to devil and changed some of the well, features Well, if it around. ain't Jesus, it's a devil. And changed some of the features around to something, you know, yeah. more familiar to them. Sounds like, like a Puritan instead thing. Of, yeah. Not a Quaker thing. We're gonna... True. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? All right. So there are many other stories, though, that come out of the pine, the Pinelands. I'm ready. Right? Not just eugenics, because that was a legit thing. Yes. Uh, so they also have other ghost stories like the Black Doctor, the ghost of Captain Kidd, the Black Dog. Oh, Captain Kidd also... Uh, Walked with the Jersey Devil. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that's, he, why, yeah, that's why I have He buried here. his treasure, killed someone, allegedly, to guard the treasure... Uh, you know, make sure their spirit guarded the treasure. The and... devil and Tom Walker. <laughs> no, like literally, yeah. that's the opening <laughs> of it. And that's like they're supposed to be treasure hidden out in the swamp. But I mentioned it, the, the Bridgewater Triangle. Yeah. And uh, only the devil resided there as they were burying it. Yeah. 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 And so they say you can see Captain Kidd's spirit. He walks along the... Uh, Walking with the devil. Yeah, along the beachfront with him talking. Um, so anyway, of course, the blue hole is mentioned, too, on Wikipedia. So I did kind of go down a rabbit hole on Wikipedia, and I went to the most famous stories that actually have historical background to them. Mm-hmm. First off is the Black Doctor. Why do you think he's called the Black Doctor? Because he shows up as a black form. No, because he's literally black. Oh, okay. Fun fact, yeah. So that's why they called him that, because this was... Back in the day. Yep. So the Black Doctor is the ghost of an African-American man known as James Still. According to legend, in the 19th century, James was not permitted to practice medicine because of his race. Undiscouraged, however, James went into seclusion in the Pine Barrens to study medicine from his textbooks. Now, in some... Good for him. Yeah. That's in, awesome. In some variations, he actually uh, learned from the Native Americans, too. Okay. He may have just anyway, because a lot of us want to learn herbal remedies, you know, that all natural mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. There are different versions of his death. Some say that he was unjustly lynched when local pineys found out that he was studying medicine. Mm. Other stories state that he was a hero to the piney community and died of a heart attack. So um, I prefer the second only because New Jersey didn't really do lynchings. We're up above the Mason-Dix line for the most part. So, and I, you know, yeah. while the pineys are rednecks, they're not like, I, I don't imagine, like, knowing that gore, I'm looking at my own family. I don't imagine that to be a thing. But there is more to that whole story. Like the lynching yeah. tree and whatnot. Um, but the more common story is he died of a heart attack. But anyway, it says the ghost is said to come to the aid of injured or stranded travelers in the Pine Barrens. Cool. So if we get lost, we'll find him. Um, now, in fact, Dr. James Still, the, the black doctor, was the brother of William Still, a noted abolitionist who wrote the book The Underground Railroad. 
So that's kind of cool. Now, Dr. Still wrote a book entitled Early Recollections, The Life of Dr. James Still. He had an office in Medford, and he was the third largest landowner in town. He was self-taught in the manners of medical, but uh, medicinal botany and used many herbal remedies for cures. So he was a real dude. And he did practice and he did have his own office and he did have the, he was the third largest landowner in town. Cool. So that's why that's I lean awesome. towards the story that he had died of a heart attack. Yeah. So, uh, but he is a good doctor. He'll come to your aid, which I think is wonderful. So that's a happy one. Mm-hmm. The next one's the black dog. All right. Because it's black. A black dog. But also very scary. Yeah. So this one is not one you want to hang out with. Okay. okay. You don't want to go here, poochie poochie, and like scratch its head, like I would do. That's how I would die, as we know. So it says the black dog is a supernatural, spectral, or demonic entity originating from English folklore that has also been seen throughout Europe and the Americas. Yeah, I was gonna say it's a it's a Very trope common. similar to Woman in White, you know. Well, there's a golden-haired girl I'm going to talk about in a second, too. All right. It is usually unnaturally large with glowing red or yellow eyes. It's often connected with the devil, of course. Um, that's what we usually call it, the hellhound. Yeah. And that's where Harry Potter got the idea of the grim. Yes, the grim. Um, is sometimes an omen of death. It's associated with electrical storms. Um, and it also comes around with crossroads and barrows, which are, we think of as a, t- a type of fairy hound, and places of execution and ancient pathways. Hmm. So I'm not really surprised that you'd see a black dog there because you do have ancient pathways. They've been There are mentions of fairies in the Pinelands of New Jersey. Um, so And, of course, they, they are known for electrical and, like, big storms out there. Mm-hmm. So it says black dogs are generally regarded as sinister or malevolent, and a few, such as the, well, they're not part of America, are said to be directly harmful. Um, so when it comes to the dog that is on the Pineys, you don't want to be close to it. Yeah. Yeah, it is an omen that is bad. Yes. Um, uh, it is a folkloric motif. I mean, if you're normal. walking through the woods and you see a dog anyways of any kind. Don't pet it. Yeah, you don't want to. It could be a coyote. It could be a black dog. It could be a rabid dog. No. Uh, one, if it has a collar, though, it's probably safe. Just look for frothing I mean, even mouth. then, even then, dogs with collars can be pieces of garbage sometimes. Got to be I'll, careful. But I want to pet it. No, you don't pet the dog. <laughs> can I pet it now? No. Okay. How about later? Go pet the dog upstairs. Where Go pet he? your dog. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, so when it comes to the Pinelands, if you see a, a black dog, watch out. Usually it means that death is coming um, or something bad's going to happen to you. A bum, 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 bum. That's all I got. All right. So next is the golden haired girl. The golden haired girl is a ghost said to stare out into the sea. She's dressed in white. There it is. There you go. Mourning the loss of her lover at sea. The Jersey Devil is sometimes said to sit alongside her. Of course he is. Yep. Accompanying her what on her vigil. What you thinking about? <laughs> okay. <laughs> but there is another legend that says the Jersey Devil had a son, strangely human, who fell in love with a rich girl. However, her family did not agree with this. They took her away and she killed herself upon reaching the destination. Heartbroken, he became the next generation and now her ghost follows him. Hmm. Isn't that sad? I wonder if the Jersey Devil has a black dog as his pet, and the golden haired girl comes and like pets his dog. It all it all connects. It all connects. They all just go swimming at the blue hole. <laughs> That's it. He did it. And he throws a tennis ball out, and the dog catches it. Yeah. Oh boy. So there is a whole story too about a guy named Bloody John Bacon. 
Hmm. Um, yeah, so this is, he's like probably the most nefarious and famous of the New Jersey Pine Barren ghosts. There is a lot about him and his legendary pine robbers. All right. Okay. Um, I don't want to go through his entire story because it's pages. But if you go on U.S. Ghost Adventures, you can read more about it. Now, he is well known because he was a horrible person who joined the Loyalists. He did mm-hmm. not fight for gotcha. us, yep. making America. So he and his wife and his two sons settled in Pemberton, which I believe you're, clo- you're close to there. Very close yeah. to Pemberton, where I'm from. Yep. And um, so he would spend most of his time hiding and raiding, pillaging and killing. Isn't that great? Between Cedar Creek and Tuckerton, hmm. which my uncle actually mentioned yesterday. So it started with him going to homes and raiding the homes. Uh, it, end- it ended more so towards him killing any person he knew was part of the patriotic militia. So you don't want to go out into the Pine Barrens if you were close by because he'd kill you. Lovely. He'd- Yes. So, again, the name Bloody Bacon Fit because he was a horrible monster. So they would go from house to house. There is a story of him plundering the house and mill of John Holmes. Um, Like, they went in and it says they put out a bayonet and put it in Holmes' body and demanded money. Like, it, not a great person. It does say it was fortunate for them that his wife had some money on her person. So she did give them that. And they mm-hmm. ransacked the house for supplies. Then off they, they went back to the woods to retreat. Um, it did say that he sent people, some of his bandits, to plunder the home of John and William Price um, because, again, they had money. Uh, now, the men did show up, um, and he did, um, it says here, the robber's loot included Price's musket and drum. So they did get some stuff from him there. Um, so they they would kind of, like, hop in and out and, like, steal stuff if they could. So there's a lot of stories uh, of what he did and what he stole from. So I don't want to go into too much from that just because there's a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. But there is a, a 1782 story. Um, it says, John engaged in his most notorious act known as the Massacre on Long Beach. So okay. Bacon and his men attacked uh, the most likely drunk and sleeping crew members and locals that had transferred goods from an abandoned cutter to a privateer galley called the Alligator great name for a That's awesome. the captain of the alligator that's just fun to say the captain of the alligator's men managed to scare off the refugees however not before killing all about four or five of them reuben soper hid with his father in the swamp to elude bacon and his men were among the dead now from that point on john bacon was a marked man a detachment of his troops from the captain richard shreve of the burlington county light horse uh, pursued their quest they had tracked bacon down on april 3rd 1783 at the house of a man named william rose and so it kind of goes on. It says that we have like them fighting. We have spears and bayonets pulled out. So uh, we have William uh, Cook who uh, th- who tries to stop Bacon from running away. He does spear Bacon with his bayonet, and the wounded Bacon tries to escape, and Stewart shoots him. Hmm. <sighs> he had it coming. <laughs> he had it coming. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, John Bacon is dead and gone, but they say his ghost still resides um, as one of the many ghosts in the Jersey Pine Barrens. And he's not a good one to cross. Wow. See, you got some goods and you got some bads, right? You, you got, yeah. you know, you, you got the good stuff. You got the, the Bigfoot guy who's supposed to be helping you unless you're hurting property, in which case Bigfoot ain't going to be too happy. <laughs> All right. You got the golden haired girl who seems quite lovely. But then you have like John Bacon. You got the the good doctor. I'm gonna call him that, not the black doctor. The good and doctor. The bad do- and the bad dog. And the well, you don't touch the. Can I pet it now? No. Dang it. All right. So, my final thought 
Personally, I don't believe in Jersey Devil. But as you mentioned earlier, <laughs> I wanted to keep it as a surprise at the end of the podcast. My cousin Sam actually is marrying a person. His name's Casey, who is a descendant from the Leeds family, which is pretty cool. So yep. she's marrying a Leeds. Um, when asked if he believes in Jersey Devil, his response was, oh, 110%. There is definitely something weird out there in the woods. We just haven't seen it. So, a Leeds descendant believes in the Jersey Devil. My entire family does not, including <laughs> Sam. All right, so there's one out there. And then there was another person uh, from Casey's family. He said, it's a really cool story. Yep. Right, so. And that's where I lie on it. Yeah. Uh, but here, this is where I'm going to end. And it's really sweet. Not a cliffhanger. No, of course not. So, according to your research, Leeds' 13th child was a Jersey Devil, mm-hmm. a descendant of whom will soon be marrying into our family, and it's our 13th year of marriage. What a crazy opening to year 13. Happy anniversary, honey. Happy anniversary. I love you. Love you, too. But look at me. Look at me. Look at me. I am the captain again. And always. All right. (laughs) Have a lovely evening to all of our listeners. Thank you so much. I hope you understand why we waited a day. It fit the narrative better. And we were on vacay visiting our family direct on location. All right. It was really cool. It was fun. Apart from the heat. Thanks again to Jackie and Tim for emailing us, talking with us. Please email me. I'm lonely. And all I have are um, children and a husband who tells dad jokes. Hi. He's right here. Hi. Literally always right, always right here. Right here. Hmm. Look at me, look at me. I I am the captain. (laughs) All right. Well, if you want to email us, email us at gamesoboard at gmail.com or find us on Facebook at gamesoverboard. You can also find our website, gamesoverboard.com. You can also send us a tweet on the tweeter at... (laughs) <laughs> just like saying the tweeter at um, wellhouse underscore exorc. All right. Any Games Overboard fans out there who also listen to this one, Jersey Devil does make an appearance in a board game, and that's Horrified American Monsters. Because <laughs> he's American, so, and we yep. made him up. <laughs> so if you uh, if you want to fight the Jersey Devil... Oh, look, he's there so he scary. Is. He's right there. Oh, PJ, show me a picture. We'll post that to Facebook, too. <laughs> All right. Have a lovely evening and keep thinking creepy thoughts. So is that like the uh, tagline? It could be. <laughs> Working on it. <laughs> it's um, Ouija. I was just going to say <laughs>